Chapter Three of The Goddess, A Demon by Richard Marsh. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Thomas Peter. The Goddess, A Demon by Richard Marsh. Chapter Three The Conquest of Mrs. Pedar. Mrs. Pedar has her rooms at the top of the building, on the seventh floor. The lift runs all night. It had been my intention, rather than summon it and attract the attention of the porter, to have climbed the endless flights of stairs. But, as luck had it, when I reached the staircase, the lift was setting someone down. Since it was there, I thought I might as well use it to save time and also my legs. I stepped inside. "'Up or down, sir?' "'I am going up to Mrs. Pedar.' The porter favoured me with a doubtful glance. "'Mrs. Pedar lives at the top of the building. She's in bed long ago.' "'So I suppose. I'm afraid, however, that I shall have to wake her up again, as I am in urgent need of her assistance.' "'Anything wrong, sir?' "'No. At least nothing in which she could be of service.' As we mounted, I could see that Turner— the night porter's name is Turner, was wondering what possible business I could have with Mrs. Peter that I should rouse her out of her warm bed at that hour of the night. It occurred to me to ask him a question or two. "'Has a lady come up lately?' "'Up where?' "'Up to the first floor, or anywhere.' He shook his head. "'You're sure?' "'Certain. No lady's come into this building for a good two hours, at any rate. The last was Mrs. Sabin.' She and her husband's on the fourth floor. They've been to the Gaiety Theatre. Oh, I took him up in the lift. She was the last lady as came in, and that was just after eleven. His words set me thinking. If my visitor had not come in through the doorway, how then had she gained access to my balcony, which is on the first floor, and between twenty and thirty feet above the ground? Turner volunteered a statement on his own account. And the last man who went out was Mr. Lawrence's brother. I pricked up my ears at this. Mr. Lawrence's brother? Oh. Yes, Mr. Philip, I think his name is. He came down not three minutes before I saw you, just as I was going to take up Mr. Maynard. That was Mr. Maynard who got out as you got in. He seemed to be in a big hurry. I said good night as he went past, but he said nothing. He had a big parcel in his arms, almost as much as he could carry. You are sure it was Mr. Lawrence's brother? It was him right enough. My cousin's his coachman. I ought to know him. You say he came down three minutes ago? Not three minutes ago, I said. Then, in that case, he must have been with his brother some time after my visitor had come to me. The knowledge occasioned me distinct relief. Turner continued. He went up about an hour ago, perhaps a little more. He'd got no parcel then. I stared when I saw he'd got one when he came back. I shouldn't have thought he was the kind to carry a parcel, and especially such a one. I'd have called him a cab if he'd given me a chance. But I was just starting with Mr. Maynard, and he was off like a shot. Shall I wait for you, sir? The first door around the corner is Mrs. Peters. I told him not to wait feeling conscious that it might take me some time to explain to Mrs. Peter what I desired of her. The lady must have been a light sleeper. 
hardly had i saluted the panel of the door with my knuckles than a voice inquired who was there when i informed her she made a prompt appearance in a dressing-gown you mr ferguson what do you want at this hour of the night i immediately became conscious that it might be even more difficult to explain than i had supposed i have a visitor downstairs mrs peter a visitor well what has that to do with me you can't have anything to eat at this time of night she said that i take it because in the mansions meals are provided for residents and she supposed that i had dragged her out of bed at that unholy hour in search of food the visitor is a lady and i wanted to know if you could give her a bed somewhere to-night a bed who is the lady well the fact is mrs peter something very remarkable has taken place i've come up to tell you all about it and to ask your advice you had better come in i went into her sitting-room she with an eye for the proprieties leaving the door discreetly open there was that in her bearing which made me wonder if she suspected me of having been guilty of some act of rakish impropriety unworthy of my age and character i was conscious that the course in front of me was not all smooth sailing a young lady mrs peter has just entered my room through the window through the window mr ferguson at this hour i am afraid the poor thing is not quite right in her mind i should think not that is the best thing you can hope of her she is quite a lady lady mrs peter tightened her lips mr ferguson are you laughing at me sir i assure you i am perfectly serious and i give you my word she is a lady you have only to see her for yourself to find that wait a minute let me finish i thought at first that she was a somnambulist that she had been walking in her sleep and i am still of opinion that something strange has happened to her she is unable to tell me her name who she is whence she comes or anything about herself she seemed as if she were mazed had she been drinking come downstairs and speak to her you will perceive for yourself that to connect her with such a notion would be worse than impertinence no offence sir but when you tell me that a strange young woman comes through your window in the middle of the night i can't help having my own thoughts i tell you mrs peter the strange young woman as you call her is a lady in every sense of the word to whom i am persuaded something very serious has recently happened very good mr ferguson i'm afraid that you're too soft-hearted sir where is this young lady now she is in my dining-room alone certainly she is alone then i should not be surprised if by now she's gone back through the window taking something with her to help keep you in mind you must excuse my saying that i don't think i ever did know quite so simple-minded a gentleman as you are sir one thing's sure if we do want to find her we'd better hurry for all we're worth urged by mrs peter i hastened with her down the stairs but a forecast was not realized my visitor had not gone she was still in the dining-room fast asleep in an armchair the first thing which saluted our ears as we entered the room was the sound of a gentle breathing she slept softly as a child 
the sight which she presented touched the housekeeper's womanly heart she does look a picture that's certain and quite the lady and isn't she prettily dressed my word what lovely rings the girl's hands were extended on her lap i saw that on her fingers were what seemed to be two or three valuable rings now that mrs pedard started her enthusiasm almost equalled mine how pale she is and how beautiful it's plain that the poor thing's tired out and out and you say that she came through the window but however did she get there and who is she and where did she come from as i have told you i have put those questions to her already without success as you can see for yourself she appears to be worn out by fatigue i think that if you could give her a bed for tonight i of course will be responsible for all expenses in the morning we may be able to obtain from her all the information we require she shall have the bed all right sir i shouldn't be surprised if you're right for once she looks a lady and anyhow i never could be hard to any one so beautiful but who's to wake her she is so sound asleep poor dear i will wake her i did by laying my hand gently on her shoulder she moved turned opened her eyes and when she saw it was sat upright in a chair i've been asleep again it seems as if my eyes would not keep open where have you been i thought you never would come back it was so quiet here and this is such an easy chair i had to go to sleep i've been in search of mrs peter of whom i told you this is mrs peter the girl turned to her with a radiant smile my conviction is that that smile won mrs peter's heart right off oh mrs peter i am so sleepy i feel as if i wanted to sleep 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 i can't think what's the matter mrs peter was regarding her with inquisitive looks in which however there was sympathy as well you're tired miss that's what the matter is with you a good night's rest will do you good you shall have it if you'll come with me and as comfortable a bed as you ever slept in you'll be all right with mrs peter i said for the girl seemed to hesitate you could not be in safer keeping or in kinder hands cannot i stay here i looked at mrs peter mrs peter looked at me it was she who answered i think miss you will be more comfortable if you come along with me you see mr ferguson lives alone but where shall you be the anxious tone in which the girl put the question and the appealing gesture with which it was accompanied afforded me an unreasonable amount of pleasure i shall be here not so very far away from you and the first thing in the morning i will come to learn how you have slept you promise i promise never did i promise anything more willingly she was still reluctant to go to appease her i accompanied her upstairs when she reached mrs pilar's own apartment she was still unwilling to suffer me to leave her her unwillingness making me absurdly happy as i descended those interminable stairs it was as if i trod on air it was ridiculous why should i be affected one way or the other 
by the whims and airs and fancies of an apparently half-witted woman who had forced her way into my room at dead of night in a cloak all wet with blood. End of chapter 3